pandemic is a disease that affects an entire nation or the entire world. And, and that's, COVID has done that. But there's also a pandemic that I want to speak about today that's affecting our entire world, our entire nation. And for us specifically, this church, it's the pandemic of, of depression. I just want to speak on it today. And I'm going to use the message on my phone, and, and I'm going to, well, we'll just do this. Uh, first of all, Jesus Christ, depression is a sin, and the pandemic that you defeated on the cross, it's been sealed, that defeat has been sealed through your resurrection from the dead, and imputed as a victory to everyone who counts Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. My battle with depression, and, and I battle with depression, okay? My battle with depression may, could be the result of my physical and psychological makeup, but none of us lives in a 25th century spacecraft as we've traveled through life with shields up, unaffected by the circumstances in our lives, our emotions, the things that happen to us. And when we stop for a momentary uh, rest to, 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 to overview our lives, to, 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 just to, to rest, the past and the present can catch up with us without our realizing it. And we can battle with the experiences we've had, with the emotions we feel. Then we're left to answer the question, am I depressed? Or is it just momentary sadness that I'm experiencing? But an answer to the question needs to be accompanied with some promise for help, with some promise for hope, with some promise for restoration. Sometimes going from one day to the next is a is a battle, it's, it's, a, it's a task that we're inadequate to make. And it seems like the only thing we can do is collapse on the ground and allow the world just to go on around us. That's why I'm thankful for a pastor named Jeff Thomas. You can get his sermons on sermonaudio.com. He preached a message called The Puritans and Depression, and he also preached a series of messages called The Problem of Pain. And listening to those messages has bolstered me and helped me. And I'm very grateful to those messages. He also mentioned a book called The Genius of Puritanism. Now, Puritans were like in the 1600s, and they, the, the whole idea is they wanted to to exist as pure Christian people. That, that it's, it's, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of negative ideas about what a Puritan is. Well, they're just, they're just holy Joes and, and they, all they wanted to do was separate themselves from people. But they were people who wanted to live purely to the word of God and what it meant to be a Christian. So the genius of Puritanism quotes many pastors from the 1600s. And I've got a new appreciation for people who've been with the Lord 
that they still speak centuries after they've, they've passed away. So the first question we need to ask is, am I depressed? Here's no solution, but you can ask yourself if you're indeed depressed. So, so what are you doing? And how do you feel about where you are? What are you doing? And how do you feel about where you are? So let's look to Elijah, one of the prophets in the Old Testament. A man named Leonard Ravenhill used to say, men speak to God, but God speaks to prophets. Elijah was one of those men in the Old Testament. Let's first look at him. In 1 Kings 19, it says that there Elijah went to a cave to spend the night. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah had run from a queen who said, you know, um, he, had, he had had a great victory for the Lord with the people of God. And the queen, the queen of the nation was evil, and they have the king. And she said, they killed some false prophets. And she said, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if tomorrow your life is not like one of theirs. And he ran, and he ran. And he spent the night in a cave. Uh, the Lord said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with a sword, and I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me. Depression makes us feel alone. It makes us feel separated from the crowd. It makes us feel like everything that happens is blown up. It's magnified. It's out of proportion. And he said, the Israelites, everybody, they've torn down your altars and they're looking to kill me with a sword. But it wasn't everyone. It was just someone. It was some group of people. So when we get depressed, it's possible, or not, no, it's not it's more than possible. We experience feelings like it's, I'm, I'm all alone. It's just me, nobody else, and they're all against me. So let's try to diagnose depression. Let's distinguish depression between mourning the loss of those we love. Let's separate depression from temporary unhappiness that visits us all. We all experience unhappiness. And let's distinguish, differ, differentiate depression from the urgent sense that everything in the world is just not right. Now, those are all experiences that, we, that, that are sad that we have to deal with, that the Lord can help us deal with, but they're alone, not depression. Depression goes farther than that. Depression clings to us like static electricity causes something to cling to us. You ever try to get something out of the dryer and a piece of just, just clings to you? Well, that, depression does that. It, 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 it wraps around us and it clings to us, and it leaves us feeling like everyone's against us. Nobody understands. I won't go on. Let me. And though these people, are, and though these are certainly reasons for depression, we need to call on Jesus for help. We need to. Add, furthermore, 
let's look at depression. Let's, let's, uh, depression can lead to statements like this. I've battled these feelings for months and years. I alone am left to deal with all these things, and nobody understands what I'm going through. And sometimes depression makes us feel like, I just want my life to end. I can't deal with this anymore. I want my life to end. In 1 Kings 18, it says, Then Elijah said to them all, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. And in chapter 19, it says, While he himself went a day's journey, he was running from Jezebel. He was running from a queen who was after his life. He said, while he, it says, while he went away a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush or tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. I'm no better than my ancestors. You see, not only was he not, he, did he feel like he wasn't better than the people around him, but he felt like he was worse than the entire history of, of people. Depression can make us feel like it's not just that I'm worse than him or her, but I'm worse than everybody. I've been pressed down worse than anyone. I've been mistreated, but I feel emotionally spent. I'm the only one and nobody else. Nobody's here. Nobody understands. Finally, Jeremiah says, this is a prophet Jeremiah, he says, Woe to me, my mother, that you have borne me a man of sorrow and contention. I've not lent to anyone, nor has anyone lent from me, yet everyone curses me. You see how, how this prophet experienced, he experienced the feeling, the sense that everyone was against him, not just someone not just someone doesn't like me, but no one likes me. Everyone is against me. I'm in this alone. Depression pulls us, the enemy pulls us aside and makes us feel alone, makes us feel unworthy, makes us feel unaccepted, makes us feel pressed down and made low and not able to rise. Jonah, we're talking about Jonah. Once Jonah comes aside, to, and uh, William will, will preach on this, I think, by next week. Jonah says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death to me is better than life. Have you, am, I, am I talking to anybody out there? Has anybody ever felt like, you know, God, I just don't want to live anymore. I mean, I'm tired. I'm tired of these emotions, I'm tired of these feelings, and I just don't want to live anymore. But here's a truth that you need to know, that I need to remember. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Death is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Even if you dealt with it for months, even if you've had these feelings for years, death is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. 
So we need to ask if depression can come from God's act of removing himself from us. And it can come from our false notions about God. It's necessary to, for us to, to pull a curtain aside and remove from our lives our false sense, our false ideas and our false ideals about who God is. And we need to worship the God that is revealed to us by Scripture and fully and finally revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. God's great concern is the condition of our hearts and our minds because they are the reasons we do what we do. So God is free as a loving Father to back away from us, to allow us to see our barrenness, our aloneness, and our inability without God in our lives. Sometimes the sovereignty of a loving father, of a loving parent, will pull back and allow a child to see, to allow them to grasp hold of the problems that they're causing in their lives, the problems that they're causing in the world, and they're alone without God. And sometimes God, sometimes a wise parent, a wise counselor, a wise teacher, a wise man of God, a wise woman of God, will pull back and allow us to be caught in the experiences that we've brought on ourselves and to see that we're hopeless without God. We're hopeless in this, in this rebellion. When, when, when we, see this in the, we see this in the children of God as they're traveling through the wilderness, sometimes they feel alone. They feel like God has pulled himself back from them, and they feel even afraid. That they, they begin to accuse God. God, what are you doing? Why have you left me alone? Why am I alone in this experience? Why am I by myself? Why aren't you helping, God? Sometimes we feel in our depression that we begin to accuse others. Everyone else is at fault because they're not helping me. They're not coming beside me. They're not loving me like they should. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat a worm. Okay? Okay? Uh, you, you ever feel that way? <laughs> okay, let's see if we can get this straightened out. Oh, come on. Okay, we'll get straight in a minute. Okay. Yeah, technology is awesome. Okay. Let's just start here. We need to ask ourselves, we, we need to ask if our depression is due to pride. King Hezekiah was, became king in Israel when he was 25 years old and he reigned 29 years. Hezekiah did many things to bring the nation back to God. He did many things to build up the nation of Israel and towns and cities were built up. The army was made strong and he did many things. He succeeded in many things. And sometimes our depression can come from the pride in our lives. 
And once it says in Second Chronicles 32, it says that when envoys were sent to, by the rulers of Babylon to ask Hezekiah about the miraculous signs that had taken place in Israel, it says God removed himself from him to see what was in his heart. God pulled back. Sometimes God will pull back from you and I to see, to allow us to see where we are without God and to allow, us, to allow God to see who we really are. Sometimes that's due to our pride. So depression may, be, may come when we become aware of our weaknesses, our pride, and our self-confidence because our true confidence and pride should come from Jesus Christ and his mighty works in our lives. In these clay vessels, in these cartons of flesh, you realize that we're, we're just clay vessels. We're cartons of flesh. And without the Spirit of God in our life to strengthen us and to bolster us and to hold us to himself, we're cartons of flesh. We need to ask ourselves if depression is due to our past sins. Depression may abide with us like an unwelcomed guest due to our past sins. Our memories are God's gracious warnings to keep us from committing those sins again. You see, remembering our past sins is not a punishment. Remembering our past sins is an opportunity for us to celebrate our forgiveness. Now, if you've never had God, never asked the Lord Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to forgive you of your rebellion, to forgive you of your separateness from the Lord, your separateness from life, then then, then you, you, you can have that experience today, now. See, the memory of our past sins is an opportunity for us to say, oh God, thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you that I don't live there anymore. Thank you that I've been born again, that I've been restored. Thank you, God, that you've renewed my life. Thank you, God. Okay, uh, and the Lord may allow these memories to rise again so we can experience afresh the wonder of being forgiven and the experience of being born again. We need to be ready to admit to ourselves that depression can be a time of growth. It seems unreasonable that our depression can be a time of growth, but faith and prayer and our fear and reverence of the Lord can grow in our depression. Something else, when you get stuck by a needle, you react. When the pain comes to your life, you respond. That's, that's a warning sign that there's some danger in your life. So you respond by 
putting a Band-Aid on, on an open wound, by putting gauze on, on an open cut, by getting stitches on a deep cut. You respond to that. Well, we need to respond to depression by realizing it's there, realizing there's a problem, and asking God for healing. So depression can be a time of growth. In our sickness, we have no one to call on but God alone. Jesus Christ, so as we call on Jesus Christ, we find our healing in him. While faith and prayer increase in breadth and depth, our fear and our reverence and our awe of God increase also. And we can experience the ministry, the life that the Lord Jesus desires us to experience. So if, if you're overwhelmed with depression, if it's clean to you, like static electricity causes a light garment to cling to your leg when you're getting things out of the dryer, if you can't seem to be unable to be free of it, call on God. It can be a time. I'm saying this not at you. I'm saying this asking God to rise up faith in me so that I can have these experiences because I'm going through depression. I'm going through sadness. And I'm going through emotional trouble because some, the, the past seems to catch up with us sometimes. The experiences we've gone through, seem, and they, they just, maybe you can't even articulate that that's why, but they catch us and all of a sudden we're overwhelmed with grief and sorrow and sadness and depression. But that can be a time of growth if we respond correctly. Respond to God in faith and respond to God by calling out to him in prayer. In Psalm 88, okay, this is, this is the psalm of, of a depressed person. It says, Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to me. You see, that's how we ought to respond when we get pricked by depression, when we get sliced and cut and pressed down. We need to respond in prayer. Here's, here's the way he felt. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with your ways. You have taken me from my closest friends and made them repulsive to me, or made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. You ever had those feelings? You ever felt that alone? That pressed down, like God was against you, everyone is against you, and I'm sad, and I'm overwhelmed with sadness, and I can't, but, but our response should be like it was for him. He says, I call out to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. See, depression can be a time of growth, it can be a time of ministry in your life and my life if we respond to God in the midst of our depression. 
My depression can be the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Depression can be like being in a pit with no with walls that I can't climb out of. Depression can be like being overwhelmed with sadness. It can be like floating in space with nothing to stand on or nothing to grasp hold of. It can be it can be like one of those pains that won't register on any scale, but it is the worst of pains. Because our Lord and the lover of our souls has the sovereign prerogative to back away from us at any time and thereby to examine our hearts and the sincerity of who and what we are. Don't respond with depression. Respond by saying, oh God, to him, I need thee, I, oh God, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. I need you, God. I need your help. I need life infused into me by the presence of your Holy Spirit. I need your strength, God, because I have no strength on my own. I, I, I don't want to... You know, I don't want to go through another day like this. I don't want to experience the lostness that I feel. I don't want to experience the, the, the pressing down that I feel, the worthlessness that I feel, the valuelessness that I experience. I don't want to have those feelings anymore. Oh, God, rescue me, Lord. Lord Jesus, rescue me from these things. Help me, God. Release me from these fears. Release me from these bonds of the enemy. Release me from the accusations of Satan. Satan is known as the adversary, the accuser, the, the murderer of the brethren. Satan wants us, if Satan can't steal from you, if you have eternal security, knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord, Satan can't do anything about where you're going to spend eternity but he can make you feel like hell while you're living in here. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to press you down. He wants to overwhelm you. And he wants you to feel like you don't have any life. You don't have any hope. But we have hope. We have victory. We have it in Jesus. Jesus defeated death. He defeated You know what? Jesus went through experiences... Jesus went to the cross, and, and he went, before he went to the cross, he went to the garden with his disciples, and he came aside with them, and he said, pray with me. And it says he went in, in, in Mark chapter 14, it says he went into the garden, and he fell. He didn't just bow down, like, you know, very reverently. He fell on his face, and he cried out to God, and he said, I'm overwhelmed with sorrow, God. I'm overwhelmed with sorrow. If there's anything you can do to remove this cup from me, God, please do it. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus called out to his father because he was overwhelmed with depression at, at the experience that he was about to have being crucified. So we have a Lord who can identify with us in our weaknesses, in our sadness, in our sorrow, in our depression. Jesus on the cross 
it says that Jesus was on the cross and he cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt forsaken. He felt alone. Jesus, can you don't have a Lord who does not know your experience of loneliness, of being, being pulled aside, set aside, and the enemy wants to take advantage of you being pulled aside and make you feel, see the difference between God and Satan is God convicts us of sin so we'll know it, so we can see it, so we can agree with God about it and get away from it. Satan condemns us for our sins. He, he wants to make us feel like we have no hope, no future, no forgiveness, no life. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to murder you. If he can't steal your salvation, your eternal, your eternal destiny, he wants to make you feel like hell on earth in this life right now, today. And we have to call out on Jesus for help, for restoration, for hope. Something that Pastor Thomas says is that depression is sin. And, and, and I, I, I repelled against those words. But I'm not sinning. I'm overwhelmed. It's not my fault I feel this way. But I began to think, well, what if, what if I said to a pastor, when he's preaching, if he was preaching against sin, oh, you just don't understand. See, I understand that sin is something I'm personally responsible for and personally guilty of and for. I go to God and say, God, forgive me of my sins. See, depression is a sin that Jesus has defeated at the cross. Jesus overcame that. Let me... Uh, We'll quickly see I can find this. A pastor in, a, in the 16th century said that for the depressed person, he said, there are four truths that we need to, to, to cling to. He said, the infinite goodness of God, who is full of love, fuller of love, than the sun is of light. We need to remember the infinite goodness of God who is fuller of love than the sun is of light. We need to, to remember the immeasurable love of Jesus Christ in freeing us from the burden of sin. Jesus, you freed me from sin. Well, thank you, Jesus. We need to remember the free offer of our eternal union into the family of God. God, you've brought me into your family through Jesus. You've saved me. You've set me apart. You've restored me. And we need to remember the inconceivable glory and joy that we have as children of God. Don't let depression overwhelm you. Don't let depression bring you to the point where you think, you know, my life is just not worth living anymore. I don't want to live anymore. Because, again, remember, 
death is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Call on Jesus. Call on God. Jesus called on his Father. Jesus was comforted in the garden because after the garden experience, he rose to go and experience the crucifixion. God comforted him. God will and can comfort you and I when we experience depression, sadness, and sorrow. Call out on him. Call on Jesus for forgiveness. Call on him for life. Call on him for victory. Call on him to, to release you from the chains and the burdens the enemy wants to put on you and hold you down and keep you back. Call out on the name of Jesus for forgiveness. Because Paul says to the Corinthians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of compassions and the Father of all comforts, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the same comfort we've received from God. For just as the sufferings of Jesus flow over into our lives, so also through Jesus our comfort overflows. We can be free. We can have comfort. And when we have that comfort, we can share it with others. So God, pray with me. Oh God, my prayer today is that faith will rise up in us all so that we can call on you, Lord God, so that we can call on you, Lord Jesus, to be free from the burdens that we're experiencing, free from the sadness, the emotional trauma, and the experiences we're having. Oh God, free us. Release us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Father, to free us from depression, free us from the sin, the burden, the demonic influence of depression that presses us down. And the enemy comes aside and says, you're no good. You'll never make it. You're not even able to be saved. You can't be saved to be experiencing what you're experiencing. You can't be saved because you have these feelings and emotions. They're lies from the enemy. The, the enemy is lying to you. The enemy is lying to us. We can be saved. We can be free. We can be born again. We can enter the glory of God, and we will enter the glory of God, not held back by any demonic presence. In your holy name, God, amen. Amen. So before we get ready to stand and worship, depression's real. Um, it's very real. And maybe you're in a position, as I was standing back there, he, he said something so key. There's two types of people. And maybe you're on your cross Maybe you, are, maybe you are in that presence where, where Jesus was when he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe he is your God, but then on the flip side of that coin, 
Maybe he's not responding because he's not your God yet. Maybe you've not fully surrendered to the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Well, that would be one reason why you would feel as if God has forsaken you. Because you're outside of his presence. But for the ones that's truly in Christ Jesus, you don't have to walk away from this room thinking that your God has forsaken you because he did not forsake you. It is demonic entities. It is things of spiritual warfare. But he is the great physician. He is the great healer. And then he has also sent us people who that is their profession to work in that business. So please do not walk out of here. If you have depression on you, let us pray over you. Let us talk with you. Let us get you to counsel. Let us get you to people because, friends, we are the body of Christ. And that is what we're called to do is to help each other, to love each other, to walk with each other and walk through hell and back. Because for the ones that's not in Christ, you're on your way to hell. But we would love to come alongside of you, tell you about the person in the work of Jesus, and walk right outside the gates of hell with you and say you've been redeemed. Maybe you stumbled in here this morning. You don't know how you got here, but there's a person in the work, the third part of the Trinity, called the Holy Spirit. And what has happened was the Holy Spirit has reached down, grabbed a hold of you, and prompted you, and walked you into the room of 4205 Cane Run Road, which is Vision of Hope Community Church. And he said, honey, sweetheart, I want to redeem you today. That's why you walked in. Because of the precious blood. Oh, how he loves. Oh, how he loves. How he loves unconditionally. We can't earn it and we don't deserve it. Lord, how I need thee. We all need thee. Not just in this hour, but every hour. Oh Lord, how I need thee. Lord, I come, I confess. And when you walk out of this room, guess what he sees? His righteousness through your confession. Don't walk out the way you walked in. When you go to the hospital, you don't come in expecting to leave with the same results. Why would you come into a spiritual triage room walking in and then walk out with the same results that you walked in with? Jesus wants you to lay it down, lay it all down, lay it all down at the feet of Jesus. So dear Heavenly Father, as we get ready to stand and worship, I thank you for this message on depression. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus, right now in the midst and in the presence of your people. I thank you that you strategically snatched my voice out of my throat so this very word could be proclaimed today. Because, oh, Lord, how we need thee. And, God, how you love us. So, Father, search us. And if we need prayer, let us call on the elders of the church the way James says it. Let us anoint you with oil and pray over you. Let us call out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Let us call out upon your holy name in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said,